Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekwam. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammonds here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letizia. with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome once again to another episode of ITN. This is episode 145, title mush. The new adventures of Super Mo. Super Mo, very good, Super Mo indeed. Um, Saturday night, we put up a fantastic defensive effort and held the champions elect to another frustrating point to end their run of 12 straight wins. Despite the pressure, we held on gracefully and soaked up everything City had to offer. Perhaps we rode our luck a little bit with the VAR decisions, uh, but it was reward for all the hard work, and it was a City performance which left Pep Guardiola to admit his side's best performance of the season. The action would continue on post-match as well, uh, with a supposed meeting in the tunnel between Jack Grealish and Oriol Romeu. Uh, but joining me to discuss all this, we have the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Hello, Mush. Good afternoon. How are you? Yes, Dobre den. Dobre den. Как дела? Очень хорошо, спасибо. А у тебя? Хорошо. Хорошо, отлично. Yes, yes, yes. Да. Uh, yeah, how are you this week? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, um, yeah, tough but fair week. And uh, yesterday's match, a really entertaining watch. Um, I think the results are a bonus, really. The performance was incredible to come away with a point. That's just put a smile on my face for the next couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, which is when we play next as well, actually. Um, you had a nice little cameo appearance on Blue Moon Podcast as well this week, didn't you? I did, I did, yeah. Um, I made, made sure that um, I didn't mention the, the name of the stadium for fear of uh, a little slip of the tongue. Oh, the empty house, yeah. <laughs> You're losing an eye, sir, in the empty house. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, no, they're very nice. Um, yeah, Dave, he's, um, he's fantastic. And yeah, he's, he's been on our show before, history. hasn't he? Has. Um, yeah, it was good fun. I enjoyed it, Kevin. It was very insightful. Shame I lost my um, charity bet because uh, I, I bet on a, a city win, apparently. Mm. Oh, well. Yes. Uh, a reminder before we get going, uh, if you appreciate the show uh, and you appreciate what we do, um, and you'd like to buy us a pint, then you can do that. You can head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. You can also join our membership, which has lots of different tiers, uh, and you can pick the one which best suits you, our tiers for beers. Again, you can check that out on buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Um, Kevin, shall we get into some news? Yes, let's do that. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, ITN news then. Uh, I want to start with the bad news uh, on Caleb Watts. Did you hear about this, Kevin? Hamstring injury. Yeah, but did you hear how long he's out for? The rest of the season, isn't it? Three months. Well, as near as good as, I suppose, isn't it? Three months out. Yeah, it's um, more serious than we first thought. I mean, you hear hamstring and you just think, okay, that's three weeks max. But no, three months um, uh, so he's returned, obviously, back for treatment. Um, he, 17 minutes into his Crawley debut. Um, it's just bad news for the Aussie. But, yeah, get well soon, mate. <laughs> yeah. The Ted Bates statue. I mean, what, where do you stand on all this? Uh, God, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because, I mean, he is such a, a club legend. Um, but I don't think that there would be talk even inside the club if this wasn't serious that he might have known about the either feed the allegations that are going around at the time. I, I think maybe just a bit of caution and restraint at the moment. Maybe not yeah. jump into conclusions. Mm, would you would you get rid of the statue? If it's been proven, I don't think the club's got any choice really. Okay, well then what would you who would you replace him with? Or would you replace it at all? Um like I said, uh yeah, we not not gonna jump quite to conclusions yet. Um I think uh, he stays innocent until until proven otherwise. But you know, if the statue does go, you don't have to replace it. You know, there wasn't always a statue there. But um, if I had to put forward my candidate, I'd probably go with Laurie Mack. That's an interesting one. I never really thought of that. Yeah. Well, I I, I just think that Matt Latiz, you know, d- despite of what you know his political stance and and his Twitter ramblings, I, I do think. You know, he's got to be immortalised in this club, but somehow Mick Shannon also, he's, he's another one. And somehow, uh, yeah, somehow to, to, to give in that Stokes goal some sort of um, importance. Um, I don't know how that would look on a statue, but um, Marcus Leeper as well, saved the club. Yeah, wait long enough. Um, perhaps his testimonial could uh, double up as a statue on Valen. Mm, yeah, there's lots of candidates anyway. But um, like you said, let's let's not jump the gun and... and Innocent until proven guilty and all that. Moving off of that, then uh, we've heard from Sholak, Kev, about his uh, his mission and, and his funds and his transfer policies and stuff. Um, he said, "I'm not the Sheikh of Abu Dhabi or the Prince of Saudi Arabia. I cannot bring 500 million to buy new players." Cleared that up, isn't it? We were all confusing him with a middle Middle East uh, oil shake. <laughs> but I mean, we knew this, didn't we? And we we're not yeah. we're not City. We're not going to be what Newcastle are. It, it's not that. It's and Martin Simmons has, has said on the takeover that you know it will align with our current strategy. He wants to be you know like sensible in the market, still get business done early and find the right fits. Um, he said, uh, we have to, we have a strategic plan. It's sitting on my desk in front of me. And that's what Sport Republic have bought into. And we will continue on that path. The transfer window, we will always do our way. You're very aware of that. But we are in a better position today than we were yesterday. It allows us to focus in on things we're doing already, potentially doing a bit quicker. So it's pretty much, you know, following the, the same path then. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely... 100%, okay, never 100%, but I'm definitely satisfied almost fully um, by Martin Simmons and the board and the uh, decisions that they're making. I think they've made the right calls on a number of things um, on and off the pitch and their transfer policy, you've got to admit, uh, has improved greatly. 
uh, all of those flops that we had over the years, Carrillo, and I think any name you say after Carrillo is <laughs> not going to be quite the same, is it? But, um, Danny Ings. Lamina, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Van Dyke and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, all those crap players that we had. Sadio yeah. Mane, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, we I had know, that way. I know what you mean, me. yeah. Yeah, it was the, it was the, Le- the Les Reed era. Yeah. And, and all that, and we're, we're still, you know, paying for it. Yeah, definitely. But it, yeah, it's good. I mean, I, I don't like the fact that you said I have a, strat- a strategic, strategic plan sitting on my desk in front of me. I think that's just going to invoke break-ins to his office now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Danny Cowley or this kind of... Mm. I know it would be Bielsa, wouldn't it? He's got a history with that. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Watergate-style break-in. Spygate, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Have you heard of the Fabio Carvalho thing? I have. Yeah, so you're going to tell me more about this. I can't tell you anything more. Apparently, we're interested in Fabio Carvalho, and um, we're leading the, the race to, to, to sign him. I can't believe we're leading the race. I can't believe <laughs> that. I don't think we ever lead the race, do we? Uh... No. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have a smart comeback on that one. No. Sorry, you stopped me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, hopefully that will... Uh... That'll be good. That'll be good. It'll be nice to get him. I'll uh, I'll appreciate that one. Yeah, we've been quite um, quiet on the transfer rumours. Nobody, um, any of the slightest, even vaguely credible uh, transfer rumours uh, we discussed on the show. We haven't really discussed any um, of the transfer windows going to close in about a week. No, I, I, what I want you to do as well is also bring, bring in your game where you, you, you pick two that are real and two that are fake. And I've got to try and guess which ones are which. I like that. <laughs> yes, okay. Transfer rumour or transfer fake rumours. Yeah. Um, it's a bit late for that now. By the time we record again, the transfer window will be shut. Last week I forgot to mention that Dan and Lindelou uh, scored for Cheltenham Town. Yeah, that was good. Scored for Cheltenham Town against uh, Charlton, a 1-1 drill with Charlton. So that, that was good. Well done, Dan and Lindelou. Yes. Um, no, one big thing uh, I want to talk about was, uh, yeah, uh, Moose Gineppo's adventures in Afghan. Yeah, have we got a theme tune for that? Um, I, can, I can just sing Lucy nice. Gineppo's Adventures in Africa. Very good. Yeah. I think we recorded at the same time as Marley were playing Gambia. Uh, in yes. In Group F. That did finish well. Uh, Musa picked up another yellow card and he was sucked off predictably in the 70th minute. Possibly because of that. And, well, it's that two, um, two yellows in the group stage then. Yeah, I mean, he would have picked up a third if he'd played against Mauritania, but he mm. didn't. He wasn't even included in the squad, so I guess they're keeping him for the, the knockouts. What's, but the cap- on... What's the capital of Mauritania? Yorkshire. Well done. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so Mali, uh, they emerged 2-0 victors, uh, leaving Mauritania at the bottom of the group, and Mali touched the group. Yeah, the Gambia had a shot win over Tunisia. Uh, which put them into second place and uh, meant that Mali topped the group uh, on goal difference and they face Equatorial Guinea in the last round 16. Of yeah, yeah, in Linde. I think they, I think they'll do that, you know, into the quarters. Uh, yeah, and they'll the, face the winners of uh, Senegal, Cape Verde, which you, I think it's got to be Senegal, right? Um, in Senegal, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be tasty, which I'll probably, I'll probably watch that. Next Sunday there won't be any uh, won't be any games, yeah. Any games, so yeah, I might, I'll watch that. Might take myself over to uh, to Mogadishu or wherever it is. Uh, it's in Douala in Cameroon. Okay, there you go. <laughs> the uh, the B team uh, overcame tabletop as Fulham two one at the Snows. Uh, only their second loss of the season, so that's that's great. A massive win for them. Uh, Don Ballard and Kazim Allegbi with the goals. 87th minute winner from Kazim. Um, and that's moved up to, moved us up to eighth in the table now. Two points behind Villa. So yeah, this is good. Keep it going, lads. Yeah. Do you think we might see Allegbi and um, a couple of others, including the team, to face Coventry? It's difficult, isn't it? Because you don't really want to give him, t- I mean, because he's doing so well with the B team, you want him to stay and then maybe think about bringing him up next season, but he deserves it. He's doing everything he can, uh, but I don't want him to do both kind of thing. So it's yeah, but what, why not? You know, why not stick him on against Coventry when we're when we're three 0 up? It's probably the last chance this season, isn't it? Because uh, 
you know, over uh, out of the Carabao and uh, yeah, the fifth, the finished, fifth, isn't it? Yeah, the fifth round's going to get closer as well. It's going to get tough, yeah. tougher. Sorry, yeah. So it's um, it's a good chance for him. So why not? And anyway, there's always a chance at the end of the season once uh, relegation's been confirmed or survival's been confirmed or whatever. <laughs> you know, confirmed. Yeah, I, my, my, <laughs> my head goes straight to the relegation. That's weird. Um, well, if we'd have won yesterday, we'd have gone top half, mate. And then well, we'd some, be just looking. Some might say we did win yesterday. Um, it felt like it. We won a point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next up for the B team is Middlesbrough at home, and that's today, and that is two o'clock at St Mary's. So, right now, on at St Mary's. I hope you're down there cheering on the boys. I know for sure I am. Uh, the women's then uh, very hard fought one nil victory uh, away to MK Dons. Ella Busey with the decisive goal in the 68th minute. Uh, they still remain in third place, but um, have only played ten, and Oxford and second have played twelve. And Ipswich at the top have played 13. So, yeah, Ipswich played 13 on 34 points. Oxford played 12 on 28 points. And then we're third, played 10 on 27. So only a point behind Oxford. Rachel Panting's Oxford. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, next up for them, uh, Bournemouth uh, in the Hampshire FA Senior Cup semi-final. And that is today, quarter to two kickoff, and that's at Snow Stadium. So, yeah, hopefully they can get through to the final there. Um, and that is about it for the news. Uh, Kevin, should we go to uh, Man City? Um, I think we should stay at home. Dean Hammond here. Thank you for tuning in to In That Number. OK, then. Man City at home. Fantastic 1-1 draw. Uh, Kyle Walker-Peters, after just eight minutes, uh, just couldn't keep them out. And Amaric Laporte levelling after 65 minutes. But, you know, a happy ending, uh, an end to their win streak. And Kev, Kev just, wow, I guess, amazing, unexpected, unless you're Alex. Yes. How about them Saints? Yeah, they did a fucking good job, didn't they? They they did a very, very good job, thanks to a yeah, fantastic defensive effort. Salisu and Bednarek, Kai Walker-Pete. Yeah, Fraser, oh, just, you know, eights, nines out of tens all, all round there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think this, this is a, the same sort of dogged performance. And again, not a half time this time, but, um, once that report goal goes in, you think, yep, here we go. But again, I've proven us wrong. Yeah, and even after that Laporte goal went in, I was just thinking to myself, and it's like 70-odd minutes, I thought, you know, even if we do go on to lose this, I'm proud of them, and I think they should yeah. hold their heads up high, because, you know, losing and taking them like this, so this far... It is incredible, but, you know, they didn't. They got the point, which is it's unbelievable, really, when you think about it. Because I mean, r- right from the kickoff, mate, I was I was buzzing. And I, and I have to admit, on the walk up to the stadium, I wasn't really feeling it. Mm. Not really. I mean, it was a cold night. It was a later kickoff, which I don't like anyway. It's Man City. Um, but then, you know, the light show, it kicked off. And I was just pumped from there. And I couldn't wait for kickoff then. I was re- I was really up for it. Mm. Um, and also, uh, Romeu, 200th appearance for us. Wow. That makes, uh, well, that was seven home games unbeaten, and that makes it eight now. So that's that's great. And Man City, of course, we're going for 13 wins in a row. Unlucky 13 proved to be the case there. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin, three changes from that Wolves loss. I guess we exp- you know expected some, some changes. Uh, wow. Stuart, Stuart Armstrong, Che Adams, and Kyle Walker-Peters back in, and he switched to a back four. Yes, Um yeah, much of which in my preview for the Blue Moon podcast, I said, uh, better the devil you know, I'd be much more pleased with uh, a back four. And I don't really understand the necessity to experiment with a back three or back five when you've got perfectly good uh, fullbacks that you can play in their natural positions. It is just that. I don't think you could really get a better team than that. That's, those are all of our best players. Um, Adams and Boja. Up front, yeah, perfect combination. Romeo and Prousey, uh back together. Armstrong with his—he hasn't had many starts this season, has he? No, but still keeping that that record up. And Redmond always seems to up his game against City. Um, and yeah, they—they they all two a man put in an absolutely stellar performance. Yes, and and Kevin, when I got to the stadium, I got. I 
got to admit also that I, I was a little bit starstruck with this City side and, you know, seeing Pep and De Bruyne are up close. Am I allowed to say this on a Saints podcast? I don't know. Bernardo as well. Just a fantastic side. And their movement, their, their calmness, every single thing that De Bruyne does is classy. And Phil Foden, too. I mean, the energy levels are off the charts. And I was just thinking I would die if I was in one of Pep's training sessions because I wouldn't be able to. It was just incredible to, to, to see them just all over the place. And you can say what you want about that club, you know, that plastic club, whatever trophies are bought, are bought uh, players costing more than our club as a whole. No history before their billions, never filling the stadiums and and all this. But the way that Pep and his players go about their business, you have to admire it. Uh, and we stopped them, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they play brilliant, beautiful football. Pep's, you know, one of, if not the, the best manager out there. And yeah, it's a packed house for a reason. Everyone wants to see, to see both teams on play at a high level. Although, you know, we did, we did stop City. A few, a few of their players maybe didn't have the best games. Um, I didn't think Foden was particularly fantastic. No, not, not great on the ball, but his work off it, he was just, you could see him, I mean, obviously the TV cameras won't pick this up, but whenever there was, um, you know, Saints were on the ball, you could see Foden was just like trying to get the players to keep pushing and keep pressing the Saints' defence. Um, mm. That's captain material right there. The way that he was going about the, the, his business there, he was getting Grealish and getting Sterling moving. He's only a young lad and he just wasn't, he just didn't stand still. Just all over the place. I mean, you can see at points that Man City were actually getting the ball for us. <laughs> because obviously we're taking times, taking our time with it. But yeah, it was, um, they just didn't start. And they didn't look knackered like way in injury time. They still look like they could do that again. It must be such a good feeling for a City um, fan to watch that team every week. Just yeah. knowing, knowing that they're going to give everything. And it's, yeah, it's it's different. But I don't want to keep banging on about how good City are. No, I mean, this must be quite a boring life as a City fan. Oh, we won again this week. Oh, we were very good, weren't we? Yes, we were. Um, all our players are great and worth lots of money. That's true. We have the best uh, manager. Hmm, I agree. That's it. Okay, and then, next and, week, who yeah. are we beating next week then? That's, the, that's <laughs> the end of the season, isn't it? That's it. That's, yeah. That's just, yeah, it's, it's never a dull moment with Saints. And yeah, I, I, You know, you can't help but um, like and admire um, Pep, if you compare him to sometimes Pop or Tuchel and the others, he seems to have a lot of respect and a lot of time for Saints. And it's yeah. sort of difficult to, to get pissed off with him. And he's more or less sort of got on with the, the season, you know, despite all the setbacks. And Absolutely, he's not, yeah. he's he's not, he won't admit that they're, they're anywhere near winning the title now. But anyway, uh, what, what a start. Uh, Kyle Walker Peters starting off the play, runs down the right. Uh, links up with with Redmond and then he hits it on the outside of his right past Edison. Just shocking and, you know, great way to score your first goal in the Premier League. Did you see this one coming? Because, I mean, there were so many touches leading up, up to that goal. No, of course I didn't see it coming. <laughs> no, I mean, we, you know, we had a little spell of possession and it was just really, really intelligent play. Um, well, from Armstrong, he chooses to play back to Shea Adams rather than Roy, who was offside. Um, sort of recurring theme in this match. Um, but yeah, it was also smart from Romain to sort of read the game and, and switch to the right. And um, yeah, I mean, Carl, he picks it up on, on the halfway line, right? Just yeah. strolls past Foden on the dribble. And that um, really quick one-two with Redmond. I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't have him as the sort of player that could, uh, could do that at the beginning of the season. He's really, really um, developed well, isn't he? Yeah, and also you've got to remember as well that that left side of the City defence, Cancelo and, and Laporte, they were beaten by both of them. Yeah. Just, they were, they were, I don't even know if they were, they were sleeping or they just weren't expecting it. Um, well, just a little week. bit of please, out ticky tack at But yeah, I mean, amazing. Yeah, the, the, just the control that taking it on, on his left and um, the, the way he strikes it. And the, the speed, oh wow. Um, yeah, you wouldn't think it was his first goal for Saints. No. Um, but one one thing uh, uh, from that goal is, is something that Ralph doesn't get enough uh, praise for is the fact that he doesn't change the game plan when you're in a winning position. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. Ralph sets up to win a match and yeah. he still carried that on and 
you know, we continued to play that same way, as dangerous as it could be. But it almost paid off because Breyer had the ball in the net, didn't he? And they, as you said, common theme, flag up, offside. Correct decision, yeah. but lots of encouragement from that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know, I've probably said it before on the podcast, but my mother-in-law is a big football fan. There's a, a rule that, um, yeah, if you score from offside, you, you're sure to score sometime soon. Um, and yeah, we did, we had, we had our chances, but you know, we could have, um, come away with more than one goal. I think, uh, you know, a combination of, uh, of luck and misjudgment. I mean, luck for City. Yes. All that for us. You know, we had, we had, um, a header hitting the post, didn't we, in the second half? Mm, it was Broyers, wasn't it? I know Bed and I reckon a header from a corner uh, as well. That was, um. He put it straight at the keeper. Yeah, I mean, you know, just, uh, you know, slight things. We did, we did have our chances. It wasn't at all, um, one-sided. No, and, I mean, it was more so in the first half we had those chances, didn't we? And the second half was just more about mm. survival and how can you stop this constant attack? But we were still looking to counter, and I noticed um, the, the pressing just ceased completely. It, we just sat back, stayed alert, you know, focus and, and, and keep believing that those counters, those chances, they will come. And that was clearly Ralph's game plan for the second half. And you know that Broya was going to be the key man in this because yeah. he's got some speed, as we know. And of course, it happened, didn't it? We got we got we got Broya on the counter in the second half, and it was blocked by Laporte. That was an excellent bit of defending, by the way. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, bro, you headed out on the post from that from that ensuing corner. But that was basically it, wasn't it, Kev? It was just like let let's not push the boat out too much. I don't want to use all your energy in pressing down this this city attack when it's going to be pointless and futile. And but just when you get your chances, use Broya to, to to you know to spark those those counter attacks. Yeah, I'm sorry. So you said to them in the first half uh, they they didn't stop pressing. I mean, it was some um... And that's what made it the exciting match that it was. Um, you have City pressing us and um, us pressing them. <laughs> um, but it just, it wasn't as, you know, we didn't have a, a high line and, you know, it wasn't as intense as it usually is. And we kind of relied on the Broyer's pace on the counter-attack. Um, yeah, and, it, you know, it worked if, if Broyer just, I don't, I don't think it's even the timing of his runs. He just seems to start them from the wrong position, if you see what I mean. I think he just gets a little bit ahead of himself, literally. Yeah, I mean, if you just you know, just look at where he is, you know, step back and then you know, one step back and then two steps forward, and 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 and, Ralph, and yeah, he would have had a goal. Oh yeah, I'm sure of it. And if we were going to score a goal, you would have thought it would have been from a counter, and it would have been brilliant to do that. Um, but we we did concede, and it was. 65th minute, we held on for as long as we could, and of course it had to come from a set piece, didn't it? There was no other way because um, you know our defending was outstanding. We saw the blocks, we saw the you know the tackles, the interceptions, and just the general reading of the play all round defensively was was excellent. But yeah, Forster goal... was good, barring this particular moment. <laughs> yes, and yeah, the, the, the set piece and. Well, you say Forster, but Kyle Walker-Peters just let Laporte slip through there, didn't he? And, and Broyer is, is playing for offside because his hand's in the air. Yeah, there was a lot of hands up for offside. Just playing for that, I think. And But let's not take anything away from that pinpoint cross from De Bruyne. Yeah, I mean, my namesake, he, he is incredible. But yeah, Forster, Forster he, he decides to come out and, um, and meet the cross, but just bottles it halfway. Bit like Wolves, yeah, the Connor Cody it's goal, a, yeah. You know, if he'd have committed, I, I could could have forgiven for that. You know, he misjudged it, but um, you yeah, can't be indecisive as a keeper. This is the problem with him, isn't it? This is why he's never had a consistent run in, in the side because we know what a great shot stopper he is, but it's just his decision making that lets him down. It's nerves, isn't it? Yeah, maybe it's, it's he's just worried about you know what people are going to think, and it, it just creates this indecisiveness on him but you know like you said just go just go all out and you know if you're committed to something then okay you know yeah, I I'm... made a mistake but at least I was going all out for it from there on from that from that goal it was all out city wasn't it you know they they were pressing and they were needing these three points well, I say they needing it they pretty much got the league sewn up already um De Bruyne hit the post you know it was all these efforts from city that just weren't getting there uh, the VAR decision on the De Bruyne tackle, where where do you stand on this one? Because I think we were quite lucky with that, to be honest, if I'm going to say that. And 
I, you know, if it had been in the middle of the field, that would have been a free kick for sure. Yeah, probably. The consequences of the decision are going to be marginal if it's a free kick in the middle of the pitch, whereas on the edge of the area, it's it's either a really dangerous free kick with the uh, Bruyne taking it, or a penalty, mm. or nothing. And yeah, it's easier it's, to make those decisions, isn't it, if it's in the middle of the field? Yeah, but I mean, it's quite literally a, a borderline decision here. Um, collision, it's Salisu, Romeo and De Bruyne, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they just clash, and they were, you know, calling to VAR to decide whether or not it was on the line or not. They couldn't really work it out. So I think if the, the referee has said it's not a foul, play on. I mean, that, that's what happened. But, you know, even if the referee had said that's a penalty and they showed him that, you know, I think the right thing would be to say, no, it's not, because... There's, there's nothing really in that, I think, that says it's really clearly a foul inside the area. OK, but forget, forgetting where it was, inside or outside the area, is that a, is that a foul for you? Is there enough? Uh, really, I don't know. It's really hard to tease my own personal biases out of this. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, we've been on... Uh, it doesn't happen very often that we get decisions like that going in our favour. So you kind of want to take it, don't you? I think we had sure. one against Brighton, which was uh, much worse, wasn't it, last season? Yeah. Um, we got away with that one. I mean, we're talking about decisions that that go that don't go our way often. We had another one as well. Stuart Armstrong picked up a booking for that um, serious foul play, which was also checked by VAR. What about that one? You, do you think that should have been upgraded to a red card? Um, again, I'm going to say I can't really get rid of my own personal biases, but... um. I think red card would have been harsher, probably would have understood. Okay, if Jack Greeley should have done it on Romeo, would that have been a red card? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, Romeo would have nutted him, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I, the ball was there to be won, wasn't it? And his eyes were on the ball. And, and Stuart Armstrong's yeah. not a dirty player. doesn't have a, a history of, of doing doing serious or having serious foul play issues. And But we've seen them given too. You know, it was late, it was on his thigh, it was high, it was stubs yeah, high. Surely the definition of serious foul play is that there is intent. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I'm OK I'm okay with the yellow. And obviously Darren England on uh, VAR was as well, because he, he checked it. Yeah, I mean, you obviously, he was definitely playing the ball, he misjudged it, he was, you know, he was tired, it's a very intense game, it's 10 minutes from time. Um, he hasn't really been up to top fitness. You know, he threw that, he got yellow. I think that's about right, to be honest. Um, nasty looking, uh, grays that he gave for the poor. But. Well, welcome to Southampton. Yeah, he'll live another day. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, again, you know, there was more, more attacks from, from Man City looking to get the three points. But, you know, defensively bodies everywhere, blocking, well disciplined. We had the togetherness and, it saw it, it out, and I, I, I find it. I mean, Alan Shearer said on match of the day, it was a, it was well deserved point. I don't know if I agree with it saying it was a well deserved. I just think it for, for all their hard work, they deserved something out of this. But you, you, you look at the stats and you look how much City dominated that game in the second half. They're going to be very disappointed that they couldn't turn that to three. Yeah, and it's not as if, you know, um, Pep said he was pleased with the performances, and didn't you say it was one of the best performances this season? He said it was the, be- the best of the season. And he's talking about his own team? Yeah. He just couldn't That's break them down. really says something, yeah. Absolutely, and th- it's, it's just such a valuable point, you know, and, and our peers will only hope to make to get two points from City this season. Um, that just shows you how valuable that's going to be, because mm. we're done with City now. I mean, I don't know. Oh, everyone else has to play City again. That's you know in and around us on the table. Um, but do, what did you make of the news about Grealish and Romeo? Was there any any truth in this, or <laughs> you just not paying it any any mind? I don't. I don't know. I think it's funny. I mean, there's been some uh, some quite amusing um, images on Twitter of uh, how that interaction might have played out. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I don't think um, yeah Grealish uh, looked. Particularly good on it. Um, there's a, a great um, photo going around of um, 
Ramon stood over Grealish whilst he's rather than the floor of shouting something at him. Mm, yeah. Uh, just shows two completely different uh, work ethics. But yeah, Grealish got absolutely owned the whole match. Yeah, uh, Mayu had his number. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, if it is true, you've got to admire his balls for going up against Romeo. Yeah. No, oh. well, yeah, for 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 challenging Romeo, like, or just like come and meet me in the tunnel, I want to have it out because there's no fucking way I'd do that against him. <laughs> yeah, no. um, <laughs> He'd get absolutely destroyed on and off the field. Yeah, um, get a free good time, wouldn't Yeah, do you know what we should do? We should raise money. For the two of them to have like a like a three round boxing exhibition for charity or something. Charity right. boxing. Match. Charity boxing. Match. We should try and make that happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there'll be so many people that put money into that. And let's yeah. just, just have three rounds. And I, I, I'm thinking there'd probably be different weight classes, but you know, only three rounds. <laughs> Who else would you have on the cards? Prousey against Zaha. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be interesting. Zaha, Prousey, yeah. You take Forster against anyone. Other other battles, even in this, um, yeah, Perot against Sterling. Um, again, Perot just, just outclassed him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember Sterling getting better of him. No, Sterling had that one shot. Do you know, I looked over to the guy next to me and I just said, after about 20 minutes, I said, oh, Sterling's been very, very quiet. And he was like, is he, yeah. he, he's not playing, is he? It genuinely thought that he wasn't playing, and then I was—I had to look, and I was like, "Yeah, the first half." Yeah, and he was one of the players. I don't know why, but I was quite worried about um, Sterling. But yeah, Ster- I, bet, I bet Sterling would fancy his chances against Perot too. But mm. yeah, it was brilliant. But as I mentioned, yes, yeah, City's energy level is all over the place, and it's so good it's scary sometimes because every time we touch that ball in the second half, they were there. They had like two or three players on us all the time. And we could do nothing about it. And we, all the fans are screaming, you know, keep the ball, keep hold of it. They couldn't do it. It's every time they tried to, they were forced to turn back because they had so many, you know, blue shirts on them. And they just couldn't do it. And it was, that, that just goes to show what a great effort it must have been because they couldn't do anything with the ball. And off, off the ball, the, you know, the shape, the togetherness, it was just going to keep on saying it over and over again. So disciplined and just a great, defensive effort it's, it's not the first time we've had a really disciplined and uh, well-drilled performance against City no but it makes you think that why can't they play like that against the Leicester yeah teams? exactly like, once you've got a lead you know you're 1-0 or 2-0 up it's going to um, take a lot for you to break us down unless you're Man City yeah I mean we, again we've done it even this season right we did it against uh, Villa um, sure did it against Watford, um, you know, they can dig in. It's just, you know, keeping that level of concentration and intensity up for the whole 90 minutes seems to have been a problem. But, I mean, yeah, I'm so glad that they've got, um, you know, a week or two off after this match. Definitely need it, definitely need it. Um, Ralph, his post-match interview, you could see how relieved he was, and it kind of said like he felt like he played, because he's like (laughs) living every single second uh, with his players, and do you know the, the amount of shit that that man has gone through over the last couple of years that us as fans have put him through? You know, the struggles on and off the field for the club, for him, constant pressure. And he fucking loves this club. And the Ralph out, they've gone very quiet again, haven't they? Uh, what does he have to do, really? What does this guy have to do for you? Because, yes, there are times when he gets it wrong, but, you know, who doesn't? And under the circumstances, this is a mid-table club at a push. He continues to do everything in his power to make this team better. We just need to stop the hate and just get behind our manager now. You're missing when he's gone. <laughs> Absolutely, I will. I will. It's just, um, yeah, we need to just all be all be one with him again. Yeah, when I see the Ralph out hashtag, um, I want to know that it's not about Southampton; it's about Manchester United. <laughs> um, right, uh, player focus, and I want to focus on a couple of players. And there's only one place to start, and that's Mohamed Salisu, Superman this week uh, what a game uh, I'm going to say it. it's the best he's ever played for, for us and, and that's my yeah. opinion just epic and the heart and soul of this point was for him uh, most ta- most touches most tackles most interceptions blocks clearances and that's just offensively right because he had the most carries and the most passes also unbelievable Mush yeah yeah passes clearances blocks tackles interceptions everything um, 
he was just a machine and uh, normally I listen to Adam and Dave um, I don't know for whatever reason I'm just too lazy to try and synchronise the um, the picture that I was watching with them so I was listening to some other commentators and um, yeah even they were singing his phrases um, they, they couldn't get over how good he was I think they were saying um, yeah, they're talking about how brilliant he, he was and then pulled off another incredible header just as Sarah's speaking. And he's, that is the again. <laughs> That's right, yeah. That's um, uh, They said that on Match of the Day as well. I don't know if you've seen Match of the Day yet, but they had Danny Murphy and Alan Shearer in, in the studio. And normally, if you're playing against a big, bigger team, well, it doesn't really matter who you're playing against. If you're Saints, the narrative's always whoever we're playing, they focus on them. But this was all about Saints and about how they, you know, the goal that Kyle Walker-Peters scored. And Salisu's performance, and they said that Danny Murphy and Shira were just sat there watching it in the office, and they were just saying, oh, it's Salisu again. Salisu's done that again. And it was so nice that he's finally getting the recognition that he deserves. Good good from the BBC to actually give us some um, some praise. Yeah, we, well, when you're playing City, it's one of the times you're quite sure that you're not going to be last on match of the day. <laughs> that's, that's true. And, um, yeah, the narrative can't be that uh, City fuck this one up because, I mean, they, they threw everything but the kitchen sink at us. But, um, yeah, Salisu had an answer for everything, yeah. pretty much. Well, the whole team defended well, didn't he? And then outstanding. But he was just, you know, a level above. Um, and yeah, I say it's, it's Forster reading. Sorry. wasn't under a huge pressure, was he? Um, he had, you know, the few sort of run-the-mill saves and um, a couple of decent ones at short range, um, I can remember. But... Um, yeah, he was only really called upon in the last instance and when everything seemed to be under control. Exactly. And not only that from Salisi, but I mean, he was, he was pulled all over the back line as well because he's not just a stay at home centre back. You see him out wide and, and you see him covering because he had Grealish, Foden, Sterling. They were all switching freely as well. And then Jesus, obviously, he had to, he come on and he had to deal with a new player, but. And it's not a coincidence, mate, that he's in the right place at the right time. He, he just reads the game so well. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I, I saw a couple of times. Um, him and Walker Peters sort of often um, straight quite far up, up top. And, um, yeah, again, lose the ball. I'm looking, looking at that back line. I see a three in there. And, um, yeah, that's my recommend over my own sort of slip in and make the black back four until... Um, uh, Kyle or Salisu uh, managed to get back. It was all really regimented. They didn't well, really, nice, yeah. yeah, they didn't stretch us um, in the ways that we're, we're often stretched. No, and Forster, yeah, great. I thought uh, point blank save on Sterling had that Rodri half volley to, to deal with, and another point blank save from Jesus from that header. Um, so yeah, he was he was good too. And and if you look at these stats, you know, as you can imagine. They weren't in our favour, uh, but the only stat that really matters is the one point that we got from them. So, yeah, 26% possession, seven shots to their 20. Uh, they only had five of those on target, and they had we had two corners to their 11. But, but get this one. Touches, 437 for us. How many did they have? 4,000. <laughs> no, 926. How about that, then? <laughs> Just... um. Just amazing stats, really. Then we've got a point out of that. I mean, if you were just reading those stats without knowing the score, you would have said that would have been four or five nil, surely. But no, one one. Uh, three bookings in the game, and all of them for us: Bednarik, Stuart Armstrong, and Elianisi. Yeah, Elianisi is quite poor. I'm not entirely sure what the thinking was about uh, bringing him in on at half time. I don't know. I, I said this to the guy. Redmond was really good. It must be uh, an injury to Redmond because it's, it's just a like for like, isn't it? There's no change of shape. There's no. There's, you're not trying to do anything um, to double the lead. Why take? Why make that substitution? You might want to save it and bring an extra defender on with ten minutes to go or so. But I mean, he was relatively poor and anonymous most of the match. But um, yeah, that tactical foul right at the end, taking one for the team. I thought that was um, that was a good move from him. Sure. Uh, and that's only only five times they failed to win this season, and you know we're responsible for two of those. So that's amazing. That's that's amazing. And um, I just want to touch on Emmerich Laporte's comments on the pitch being too small. Did you hear that? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear him say it, but um, yeah, he, people he, were discussing it on the Discord. That's a weird thing to say, isn't he it? He said the pitch was too small, and we, you know we're just not used to it. The Saints' pitch size is 105 meters by 68. The Etihad pitch size. Same. 
is 105 metres by 68. <laughs> exactly the same. Pack it in, man. Pack it in. Stop making up these excuses. Maybe it's just a perspective thing. You know, um, the pitch seems smaller compared to their massive egos. <laughs> yes. And because we had the fans in the place as well, it kind of like made it smaller because they don't really have any fans, do they? <laughs> The empty had. I like it. Um, man of the match, Kev. Easy one. Um, it's no brainer, mate. Um, we've done the episode after him for a reason, Salisu. Um, yeah, just the incredible Ethan machine. And I saw um, Dan Sheldon on Twitter mention that Salisu <laughs> was still defending after the yes. final whistle, um, <laughs> holding up a steward so that a fan could take a selfie with him. Yes, I did see that. Did you uh, see, I mean, there were quite a few fans on the pitch. I, 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 did, I did see on that, the yeah. Yeah. I, Well, I, at the end of the game, I always go over and, and clap the players as they come off the pitch, no matter what, win, mm. lose or draw. Um, just thank them. And, uh, yeah, I was right there when I saw the bloke run onto the field and try and, like, duck his way through the, to the stewards and stuff. And I thought, you fucking idiot. You have to smile, but you just thought, yeah, he's going to be in that cell that you, uh, that you like so much. Oh, yeah, he's going to be taking a shit on that. Oh. <laughs> That's the steel fan. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Salisi for me too, no doubt. Uh, easy. Um, every player did their job, but I mean, Salisi was just a notch above. And yeah, as I said, phrase, good too. Uh, so that leaves us 12th, 25 points now, five wins, 10 draws and seven losses. So yes, and there's no game next week, of course, but we have to go uh, to the FA Cup, uh, home to Coventry. Um, and with us, is Tim, so we are going to go to him right now. This is Klaus Lundekram, and you are listening to In That Number. Okay, then, we are on Coventry City Watch, and with us we have T. Bizzle. Tim, how are you, and how are you feeling after that amazing point you had last night? Uh, yeah, that was... Pretty fantastic. I'm not gonna lie, I was very, very excited to actually get a result off of them, and that's two draws against them this season. So the former champion, uh, will take it. So very happy. Very, very happy. And lots of standout performances from the game that need to be highlighted. Uh, Salisu, uh, Forster de Grey Pro is like the Mighty Mouse. He's like a French little Mighty Mouse, uh, over there on the left, uh, left back side. Uh, very happy for him, and just overall felt pretty good about a lot of the things that happened. They did a great job, and City were kind of flat at times. Yeah, next week, Tim. Uh, no game, of course, um, but we will be preparing our FA Cup clash against Coventry anyway. That's on Saturday the 5th. That's an FA Cup fourth round. Uh, nickname of Coventry City? Are they oh, Sky Blues, Eagles? Sky Blues, yeah, well done, Kev. Uh, famous fans? Uh, no, give us okay. a clue. Give us a clue. Uh, okay, Formula One uh, boss, current boss, and former boss. Ron Dennis. No. Christian Horner. Yeah, Christian Horner's a Coventry fan. Okay. Uh, and one uh, for, former boss, my my old team. Kev. Oh, Eddie Jordan. Eddie Jordan's a Coventry fan. He's what? a sky blue. Yeah. That's um, weird. We've also got yeah, he's Irish, isn't he? Yeah, he is Irish. Yeah, we've also got uh, Richard Keys, former. Sky Sports, disgraced Sky Sports pundit. Uh, Alistair McGowan um, and the Coventry band The Enemy, which I now understand, you know, The Enemy. That's where you send your enemy, isn't it, Coventry? I see. Um, I never put that together before until now. So, yeah. Um, there you go. It's, yes. it's a revelation after a revelation. You changed my life when you told me just before um, Christmas, before last, that um, they managed to, the, the darkness managed to squeeze the word bed end into a Christmas song. Yeah. Never realised that. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, anyway, Timothy, uh, Coventry City, uh, without sounding harsh, a bog-standard mid-table championship side at the moment. Inconsistent. I mean, looking at their record here, it's like 10 wins, 7 draws and 8 losses. It's kind of like us, isn't it, really, at the championship? But um, they got to the fourth round by uh, defeating Derby 1-0 in the third round. Are you expecting an easy route to the fifth round or are you looking at this as a, as a banana skin? Are we going to have a are we going to see a shock win at St. Mary's from the home side? <laughs> I think it's going to be a similar bout uh, that we played against Swansea. So they're going to put out a, a fairly decent, almost full full squad size and to us, they're gonna, they're right about the same level that 
uh, Swansea is. While being 10th in the standings after 25 games, uh, they have a goal difference of plus four. Uh, expected their, from their expected at the beginning of the season based on the projections, they are punching above their weight. They're expected to be a lower mid table. They are currently above and even earlier this season, they were in the playoff spots. I don't see that going forward. Uh, I don't see that they have the depth or the, the ability to do that. Rather, they do have a few good standout players. Uh, so I wanted to go over four players or five players that they have. Uh, in the back line, 35-year-old uh, center back Connor McFazden. He is a no-nonsense oh, rough and tumble. Yes. McFadden, yep. Yeah. He is a no-nonsense rough and tumble center back and is just a mean son of a gun. Uh, if you ever take a look at his pictures of the way, see the way he plays, I've caught a few replays of them. Uh, he, it's, it's mean. It's a, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be aggressive with that. Uh, so additionally, uh, their midfield three are gonna be their strong point. Looking at them, Gustavo Hammer, Ben Sheaf, and Callum O'Hare. Uh, those are two, 22 to 25 year olds with high creativity. Uh, Hammer though does play a little bit more of that CDM role, and they kind of have a rotation six, six to eight, eight to, uh, more of a pure eight for Ben Sheaf, and then uh, Callum O'Hare with like that eight, ten push-up. So, well, they rock like a three, two, four, two, one formation. You see them in the center of the pitch, and all three of them, if they're playing, uh, they're actually they're very tough to handle. Uh, additionally, they just signed Jake Bidwell uh, on a free transfer from Swansea, uh, the left wing back over there. And if he's able to play, he's been causing he's caused some problems in the past for in the Premier League when Swansea was there. And then, last but not least, is Victor and Matt Godin. Uh, they're, they're two leading strikers. Uh, they've got not, that's nine and ten goals respectively. So that, that between those two, that's, they have more goals for those two than the rest of the team combined. Um, so if you're able to stop those two, I feel like that's their best way to be able to succeed and having either man marks or just kind of understanding where the rotation, the rotates, the rotations off are and getting Victor out of the way, who's that center, true center forward where Godden plays just a little off of him. Uh, those are, that's gonna be the matchup. So, seeming who's gonna be on them, I uh, don't know. Uh, they're a 3421 formation. We haven't seen it all that much, uh, against us on, during the season. And it'll be fun to see well, how they match up. Now, for us, looking ahead, um, they, I don't know who we're gonna play. Or, I really hope though that this is a opportunity for Thierry Small, or maybe Dinell Simu to be able to come on up. And either, maybe even one more, uh, opportunity from the academy players. So seeing that, uh, I see it as we are the clear favorite in how we should be dominating Swansea, uh, how we did dominate Swansea. We should be looking to dominate Coventry City as well. Predictions then, guys. I'll start with you, Tim. Uh, 3-1 win. 3-1 to Saints. Kevin, do you want to go next? Um, I am going to say that we're going to rock it with a 4-0 win. Oh, wouldn't that be something? It would be something, yeah. And I, I think, you know, if um, the crowd get behind the team and we get ahead early, there's nothing to stop us. Um, and the club, they're selling tickets for £10 a pop, right? They are, yeah. So, no excuses. Get your ass down to St Mary's and, and cheer on the lads. Indeed, yes. Um, I am going to go for a Saints win, but I'm not going to be as, as confident as you. So I'm going to say Saints win 2-0. Um, and a comfortable 2-0 win. Um, Alex also agrees with me. Um, he says 2-0 also. Guess what Gemma's going with? 0-0? No, she's not. News. Yeah, she's going for a 1-0 Saints win. Okay. Is that just because it's a... Cut match and uh, we're not doing replays, are we? But um, no, she did say one 0 and then she, I said, well, you're going for a Saints win because only because it's FA Cup, and I was like, well, you know, I, I don't include up to penalties, right? She was like, oh, okay, nil nil then. I was like, no, <laughs> I'm taking your first, so she's going to go one nil. She said, okay, okay. so she's going with it. That's fair enough. Um, and Marina, uh, Marina's very confident, three uh, nil Saints. Okay, and Abby, one zero Saints win. And Caitlin's going 2-1 to the Saints. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number.
Okay, then, extra time. We will start with the predictions. Man City, then. We all went for Man City wins, uh, apart from Alex, who went for 1-1 and gets a massive five points. So, yes, brilliant uh, from Alex. Yeah, that was was great. We all laughed at him, but uh, he's laughing now. Um, No change in our table, though, but he does pick up points on all of us and moves the gap down to three now. So, Alex on 17, Tim on 21. Me on 30, and Kev still on 37, uh, and Wife Wars, what's that done for the table, Kevin? Um, well, the only one to predict a draw was none other than mm. Gemma, well, yep. it wasn't nil-nil, uh, she still picks up a two for a correct result. Uh, that puts her joint second with Abby on 18, uh, Marina still leads for 23, and Caitlin is trailing just behind it. 16. Superb. Um, the Discord then. Uh, yes, I'll go from bottom to top on the Discord. So in ninth place, we've got Not Very Slim Jim on Slim Jim. Not Very Slim Jim on zero points. And then we have Tony M in eighth on two points. Tim in seventh on two points. Uh, New Jersey, Ooh. New Jersey Scott in sixth on four points. Uh, Kevin, you are fifth on four points. Colt is fourth on four points. And then Tony A is third on four points. I am second on six points. And Alex has gone from bottom to top on seven points. Well done. There you go. That's how close it is. From bottom to top. That's what she said. You love it. (laughs) Uh, Super six then. Uh, Round 33 was won by Tom Hennigan, Terry Lubbock, Jason Lewis and some guy called Ray Hunt. Uh, all on 11 points. Never heard of him. No. So well done to all those four, especially that Ray Hunt. He knows what he's talking about. Um, overall is Colin Carter on 278. Um, and Fantasy Football, Kev, before you, you get into this, I just want to whinge about my team for a second because I made massive error. Um, Emmanuel Dennis scored me 0-1 for his red card, right? But I went very City heavy. I captained De Bruyne. I played Kyle Walker and Diaz at the back, and I left Kyle Walker-Peters on the bench. (laughs) And he scored eight. So my entire defence scored four, and Kyle Walker-Peters gets eight off the bench. So sickening. Awful, awful uh, week for me. Um, Yeah, my my heart does bleed. Um, (laughs) I, uh, last week I went all out and um, played the wild card and I scored just above average 59. Um, Kane pretty much salvaged it for me um, with his goal and assist against uh, Leicester. Um, but I had quite a few points on the bench again. So I Silva Cancelo 11 points on the bench. Um, yeah, it's that double game week that wasn't. It was, oh, yeah, there was yeah. too many last minute cancellations. Uh, this week, uh, quite a few to play still. Uh, but yeah, 23 points. Not very good. Um, same usual suspects, uh, at the top of our Podders League and, uh, on the big league. Uh, again, same top three. Oh no, um, Chris Bonner has jumped into the top three again. Um, yeah, still Dave Phillips and Bobby Brown at, at the top. Um, yeah, Tim, how's your team looking? Uh, this week, they're ass. Uh, I've got, I had Tony and Diego Delat on the bench. So they had seven and nine respectively, which is not good. Had Ponis Jansen in there, and he got me a good old, big old fat goose egg of zero. Uh, Sterling at one, uh, Bernardo Silva at two, Dennis as well at negative one, uh, Coutinho at three, Lacazette's two, but he could potentially score still. Cancelo's at two, Ramsdale's at six. It's, so we all got Dennis um, with the minus one, um, and he's got a game in hand to play a bit Burnley that will be suspended for. Um, at least nobody captained him. No, yeah, that's that's good. That's a good point. Is that it for fantasy football, Kevin? I think we've talked well, more more than enough. Steve, it's like as if people are listening for our expertise on fantasy football. Yeah, that's true. Um, fa- uh, fantasy football again? No, we're not doing that again. Uh, Russian phrase, Kevin. Yeah. So this week's Russian phrase is Sverkchelovik. 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 It's that again, isn't it? 
Shalovek. Tim? Shek Velobshvek. I think we should um we should just make a podcast of just Tim these phrases. Just mash them all together, Tim, all your attempts, it's funny. Yeah, do it. Um, what does that mean, Kevin? Uh, that means yeah, Ubermensch or um Superman. Hey, I like. I like. Very good. Well done. Um before we go, a quick reminder, uh, if you appreciate what we do, buy us a coffee on uh, buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number or become a member. All will be revealed on that uh, on that page uh, next week. Yes, we're not here, uh, so you can't tune in, uh, but we will return after the Coventry game and we will be previewing. Well, I say we Tim, you will be previewing the Spurs game for us. Um, so, yes, uh, until then. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Southampton. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather. Now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.